Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. But to retain them long-term, they need more opportunities, more opportunities for growth, more opportunities to advance their career. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. That clip was from our two guests for this episode, Drs. Amy Holmes and Vicki Liu, both professors at Trinity University. I invited both Amy and Vicki, and by the way, they're both PhDs, so I should be saying doctor each time, but they both said first names were fine for the program, so no disrespect intended, of course. I invited them on the show to discuss the results of a study or basically a survey of accounting students that they performed over this last year. I figured for those of you in the listening audience that are employers, it may be beneficial to hear some of the results relating to the expectations of those graduating now and in the next couple of years as well. And from the standpoint of just the general accounting professional, And really, even the student standpoint, I think it's interesting to get a feel for what our peers' expectations are and what their plans are for their careers and and how they spend their time overall. One note here, though, I didn't really think about it until I was in the middle of the interviews, but it occurred to me that it may be easier for you to comprehend the full study if you had a copy of the report itself. So with their permission, we have a downloadable PDF version of the report on our website on the show notes page. That's at www.whereaccountantsgo.com on the blog slash podcast page and just search under the keyword Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S. I really encourage you to download the report. The podcast will make a whole lot more sense. If you don't have the opportunity, it's still a good listen, but if you download the full report, you'll get the full effect. Also, please don't forget to visit us online as well for the complete show notes for this episode, of course, as well as links to all our other episodes as well. Once again, that website is www.whereaccountantsgo.com. Let's go ahead and get started. Here are Dr. Amy Holmes and Dr. Vicki Liu from Trinity University. Welcome, Dr. Holmes and Dr. Liu. I appreciate you coming on the show to share your time with our audience today. Thank you for having us. We've been looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having us. Wonderful. Well, for the audience, this is going to be another slightly different podcast episode. We have two guests today, Amy Holmes, a PhD and CPA, and Vicki Liu, a PhD as well. Both are professors at Trinity University, which is a prestigious private university in San Antonio, and I invited them on the show to discuss the results of a study they performed related to the student perceptions of the accounting profession, as well as accounting professional associations. So instead of spending 
a lot of our time discussing their personal career paths. We're going to talk about the results of that study and, and really what it means for all of us, you know, what it means for accounting students, future accountants, employers of future accountants, really all of us in the accounting profession. So, Amy and Vicki, let's start with sort of what your process was exactly in performing that study and, and sort of what you felt were some of the more interesting findings so our audience gets a good idea of, of what we're talking about here. Tell us about the study. Well, I, I have been a member of TSCPA since 91 and a member of the San Antonio CPA Society since moving to San Antonio, and I had a conversation with Renee Foshi, the then president-elect of the society, and we were talking about what can be done in order to motivate or encourage the younger students, the next generation of CPAs, to get involved with the profession. Back years ago, continuing education was not online. It was something that we went to a facility and did face-to-face. The society also provides programs. I've been a member and had insurance through the TSCPA for many, many years. So it provides value for me for all of these years. And yet the younger, the next generation does not seem to be getting involved. So when we were talking about that, we talked about doing a study. She, Renee wanted to do something to find out more information about what she could do in her year as president in order to develop programs to try to encourage the students to get involved, this next generation to get involved. So we talked about the survey, doing a survey. Renee came up with questions that she really wanted to know. I came up with my list of questions that I wanted to know. Being involved with the society for many years, I also had questions. And then I invited Vicki to join us because Vicki is involved with more behavioral. So she added a dimension to the study that was really could get us to the next level of motivation. So, Vicki, could you? Yes, I was brought in to share my management perspective because my focus of research and teaching is about professional commitment and motivation. So, I thought from a theoretical and a practical perspective, including questions about those dimensions will greatly help us to understand the current student's body So that's why I took the invitation, accepted the invitation, and then joined the project. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. Yes, I I found the report very interesting. From your perspective, I guess, what were some of the more interesting findings on your side? Anything that surprised you, or what would you like to highlight? Since we're at Trinity, the survey includes students from four different universities. And at Trinity, we have a big focus on audits. So the majority of our students, almost 95%, 90% of our students will go auditing, and that's their first career choice. So with the survey, we had about 30% of the total students that chose auditing. I thought that was interesting. And about 30% tax, and then the other 30% a variety of things, consulting or industry were the, the other primary two things. But just having that a third, a third, a third kind of split, I thought was very, very interesting. I thought it would be more half and half maybe with tax and audit, but to have more students that were looking at industry or looking at consulting or entrepreneurship was, I thought, very interesting. And also I found it was interesting that the students who ever chose audit or tax as their current career focus, they did show higher level of motivation 
higher level of effective commitment to the profession and also more likely to involve in the professional association. So the career focus of the students really has something to do with their study motivation. I think that's pretty interesting. Okay. How did you judge which individuals were more committed or involved at this point in the profession? We had an 18-item survey uh, questions. So basically, we asked the extent to which the reasons that they were, the feeling that they are, how, how committed they are in the profession. So there are three dimensions of that. So basically, you can choose to commit with your profession based out of emotion and affection. So that is called affective commitment. Basically, if you are committed because you like it, then that's affective commitment. Also, there's sometimes people chose to stay in the profession because the cost of living is too high. So that, that is continuous commitment. And sometimes they feel like they're getting so much from the profession, so they have this obligation to stay. Then that's normative commitment. So we ask students the reasons why they study, uh, study accounting, why they want to stay in this profession. So based on those responses, we're able to calculate their levels of commitment at different dimensions. Okay. Okay. And for each one of those three dimensions, there was like six different questions that they asked. So okay. it's, it's really a compilation and averaging of those responses. Yes. Okay. Yeah. To Amy's point about a third, a third, a third, I, I found it interesting. Obviously, I've had the benefit where the audience hasn't yet of looking at the study. One of the areas was individuals that plan to go into non-accounting fields. I thought that was wise to include it and, and just, you know, an interesting observation. Do you have any more specifics on what the students had in mind in non-accounting or, you know, how broad is that or, or was it was it just non-accounting and that's as, as deep as you went with that part? It was just non-accounting. We did not ask more specifically. Okay. Okay. I also thought it was interesting how many plan to be entrepreneurs early. You know, I, I can see that later on in life, you know, after you've been in the work world. <laughs> yeah. But for students, that, that was intriguing. Do, do you feel like maybe this group of students is more entrepreneurial than some of your earlier classes going back a few years? Well, we didn't ask that specifically, so I don't know specifically. But in other conferences and other things I've been involved with, there has been a discussion about this generation being more like the baby boomers in that they saw their parents go through the Great Recession. So many of them, their parents lost their jobs or their friends' parents lost their jobs, maybe lost their homes, had to start all over again. So these students want to be more in control of their destiny. They want more opportunity. So I I think maybe that has something to do with why more of them are choosing entrepreneur. They want opportunity and they want to be in control. Okay. It's a little bit of a loaded question. I, I've done... Uh, <laughs> we don't know for sure, but... <laughs> I've done presentations at a few colleges, and it does seem to me that the topic of entrepreneurship is coming up a whole lot more with students than, than it used to 10 years ago when I do similar presentations. So Yes. We actually did a similar study in Mexico, in Monterey, Mexico, and the number of entrepreneurs there was about, I want to say, about three times as much as as here. So a huge majority of them really are seeking to be entrepreneurs. And that was among accounting majors as well? Yes, accounting majors. 
Uh-huh. At Monterey Tech. So that study was in one university in Monterey, Mexico. Okay. Okay. Yeah, another, another thing I noticed, it, it looks like for those going into audit, a large number plan to go into some type of public accounting, but then at least half of them plan to move into industry. Even at this point in their career, they're, they're already seeing that. Whereas tax, a large number of public accounting, but then just as many as there are moving into industry from audit, you have from tax moving into, it looks like, self-employment or entrepreneurship. Yes. Yes. Hmm. That's, which, actually, I think that's a great background to have, so that, that makes a lot of sense. What, what were your thoughts on plans to pursue certification? Because I, and I, I'm not sure I was reading it correctly, but it looked like maybe about half, I believe the number was 46% ranked certification as being important. Yeah, on that one, we asked students to rank several different things in importance to what they thought would really help them to achieve their career goals. So one of those things was getting a credential, such as a CPA. And about half of those, as you mentioned, felt like they ranked that as either first or second. That is the most important thing. Actually, a little over 30%, that was the number one thing that they ranked as helping them to achieve their long-term goals. And about half of them ranked it as first or second. So the second ranking had to do with experience in the field. So I think particularly for students, um, they are seeing firsthand that if they don't have experience, they're not getting a job. So I think that's why experience in the field also ranked very highly. The number one ranking for experience in the field was just about 25%. But ranking it first or second jumped up to almost 70%, which makes it look like on the graph that's more important than having a certification. But I think for students, they realize that without experience, you really can't continue to to grow and expand your career. Okay. It just seemed like certification ranked lower than I thought it would for, for accounting majors in particular. Not, not necessarily the CPA certification, but any certification that looked like that would have ranked higher. Because you're right, when you add the first and second choices, it yeah. pales in comparison to experience in the field, at least with the yeah. student's perception. Yes. At the American Accounting Association conference over the summer, I sat in on a panel discussion. I was not a panel member. I, I listened to the panel. And it had two different people that were from big four accounting firms like a regional firm, and a couple of other panel members also. And they talked about the new hires and the growth in their companies. And even for the big four, they are hiring other than accountants as part of their strategy and part of their growth. So they want data analytics. They want students that are new hires that have the ability to analyze at a higher level and know more about business because the transactional, the mundane accounting, those kind of transactional things are going more and more to robotics. They're outsourced. So accounting is changing somewhat. Not that accountants and CPAs are not going to be needed, but it's more of a higher level analytical thinking skills that are really in demand. So I wonder if that has something to do with students saying, well, the CPA credential might not be the most important thing. I also need, because they're hearing us as faculty members say that, you must have analytical skills. You've got to have more broad business kinds of skills 
rather than just knowing a transactional kind of an accounting skill. Okay. That leads to another area. I noticed in here 30% more or less plan to pursue a double major or a minor. Do you think that's part of what influences that is that you know, at the college level, we're emphasizing the importance of other skills as well, and so students are, are choosing to, to get more, I guess, broadly educated? Yes, I think so. It was interesting to me that, that, that it was so high, that so many are seeking a double major. We are at Trinity University, so it is a liberal arts university, and most of our students here will seek double majors. So I wasn't surprised that there were students that, that did seek double majors, but even at UTSA, they are getting a finance maybe as a minor or another degree as a minor. And part of that, I think, also has to do with many of these students are just looking for opportunity. We saw many different ways in the survey how students expressed their desire to have opportunity in order to grow and to follow their dreams, whatever those are. Interesting. Okay. I remember when I was getting out of college, I saw a flyer about the opportunity to get a double major, and it would have been in finance at the time, for only one year more, and I thought, there is no way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. I have the accounting, accounting master's, and accounting PhD. I am. (laughs) Good to go. That that was enough. (laughs) But having a broader business knowledge is just more and more important. Okay. Okay. You know, actually, there was another, that gets me into the decisions to join a firm. Can you talk a little bit about your findings in that? Because you're talking about career advancement and growth opportunity. And and I, I was doing some of the math. It looked like that career advancement and working conditions together, if you add the students that ranked them as extremely important and very important are right neck and neck. I mean, what, what were y'all's findings and the decisions to join a firm? Because I think employers really <laughs> would like to hear that part. Okay, so I'll jump in for okay. this part. So actually, it was not surprising for me to find that career advancement and the growth opportunities ranked the highest among the four factors we have. But it was actually a little bit surprising to me that working conditions ranked so high number two. You know, in traditional management theories, working conditions is considered a hygiene factor, which means if they are there, people will take it for granted. If they are not there, people will be unhappy. So they will complain if the working conditions are not there, but that's not some, that's usually not the most important factor that will drive people's decision. But here I see that from the students we have, 48%, which is the high, second highest number percentage, rank working conditions as very important. So that my speculation is that for this generation, flexibility and then networking, coworkers are becoming more important for them. And what's more, impo- what's more surprising to me was that money was really not as considered as most important for a majority, a mass majority of the students. So that's actually a good sign for the employer, right? <laughs> so they don't have to really be really competitive in terms of how much they pay, but by creating opportunities, by creating a good working conditions, like flexible and friendly working conditions, that will be very good for them to try to attract top students to join them. Okay. Do you think that's because maybe there's an assumption that the compensation will be fair due to market conditions or, or it's really just not quite as important? 
it could be possible that people kind of know, like for accounting, you don't really expect like a really high pay at entry level. But still, there are pay differences among different firms. So still, that's still to the question that they're not that really concerned about a little, like, a little bit pay difference among different firms. Okay, that's a good point. Amy, anything to add there? I was just thinking that with the entry level, I think that they're not as concerned because that seems to be pretty consistent with the entry level pay for accountants. The, what they're really looking for is the growth. So as they go from an entry level to a manager position, either in tax or in audit, they start supervising others. And as they climb the ladder, the expectation is that the pay is going to significantly increase as they take each one of those steps up the ladder. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're right. The the pay is, you know, within a few percentage points, pretty similar across the board. Firms tend to try to compete based on working conditions and, you know, other aspects. Yeah. Yeah. The on-site gym and, you know, things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) What are y'all's thoughts in terms of implications for professional organizations like the TSCPA chapters or other organizations, IMA, Institute of Internal Auditors? What, What do those organizations need to learn from this? We did ask students to also rank the factors which would make them more likely to be involved with a professional organization. I found a couple of things surprising there. What we found was that the, the things that really provided opportunity and strategic career growth were more important. These are serious students about their careers. It was less important than networking things were less important to travel or relax and have fun. Those things were the lowest ranking. So many times I think professional organizations will, they'll go to, Top golf. They'll have happy hour. They'll do networking and fun stuff and get the younger generation to try to entice them to be involved. And that's not what they're interested in. I get the feeling that they have their own social networks. They're going out and having fun with their friends. They don't necessarily look to a professional association with us old guys in it in order to socialize. What they're looking for is opportunities. So, the a professional organization could do more workshops from some of the student comments, workshops on just what the opportunities are for various industry or audit or tax or what, what their options are, workshops related to building a resume or how they can step up the ladder and, and really advance their career. So I think providing them more opportunities for advancement is really what they're looking for rather than just to have fun. Yeah, like a workshop about skill development. If there's a new regulation, training sessions to cover that new regulation, those things are more more for students than just a happy hour or social events. Okay. I'm glad you expanded on that because I was sitting here thinking, well, how can we provide career growth opportunity if we're not doing the networking or if we're not packaging it in a networking event? But it sounds like you're saying less networking and, and more you know, hard data and, and hard hard skill development on on how to move up and workshop, I guess. Yes, we asked them 10 different things. The top two things in ranking was to gain experience or knowledge to help my career. The second was to learn something that I could apply immediately. So give them something that they can take and apply. 
help them provide opportunities. Those are the things they're really looking for. Yeah, and I think the training sessions or educational sessions is also a very serious and good networking opportunities because they will still do projects together and students say, I know this person from a training session from CPA Association. Probably they can have a deeper conversation than just like a happy hour. So I think that those kind of training sessions will make more valuable and meaningful networking experience to students as well. Okay. And another kind of workshop that you could do, I know that the society provides programs like insurance benefits and and other kinds of group programs that individuals can be involved in to do workshops that help them to make those choices or to think about those things, about their investments or just talk more about the need for long-term health care and those kinds of things so that they see value in the society, that the society will help provide those. If they are more entrepreneurial, then they're going to be out on their own and to be involved in a group. If they don't know that benefit is there, then they won't see the need to join. That could, for some, be the thing that brings them to the organization, the programs and those kind of resources that are available through the society. To rephrase it a little bit, I mean, it sounds like you're talking about an advanced financial literacy kind of program or course. The society teaches financial literacy for high schoolers and and at that level, but but something, for instance, long-term care insurance, you know, something that would cover, I guess, financial literacy for professionals and yeah. what to think about as they get into that part of their career. Is that? Yes, I, I think I think that students would value that. There would be a group that would come for those specific things to learn about opportunities. And those can be put on their resume. General social events will not be able to be put on the resume. But if you take a few classes or training sessions or seminars, those can enhance their resumes as well. Hmm. Okay. Because internships seem to be fairly plentiful these days. And and so I think those opportunities are there. I was just trying to figure out what the professional associations could provide, you know, to, to help them grow their careers. So, okay, wonderful. Thank you. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, and another thing is the PAC, Political Action Committee, and how they are looking at policies that are coming down that might affect the profession and might affect clients. If you had something for students that gave them more information about the legislature and the things that are important and what's upcoming, that also gives them more things that they can add to the resume, but also just in conversation during their interviews or working with other professionals, they can talk about these are the top issues that are coming up that are under discussion. And I think that they would value that. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. What do you feel the perception is of on the student side of even having a political action committee. I mean, I know it's extremely important, but I wonder sometimes if the labeling of it. We did ask in the survey, we asked them two questions that had to do with that very thing. The first question asked them to make it more personal. We said, assume that your university is changing policies and it's going to negatively impact your ability to graduate on time. So would you do one of these seven things? Would you teach a class? Would you pay to attend a promotional event or pay to attend meetings or pay a membership fee? Or would you be willing to volunteer your time or play a leadership role? We asked them seven to rank seven different things. 
And the next question asks them, assume that that the government or professional, the legislature was going to sign into a new law that would negatively impact you, the accounting profession, or your client. Which of these seven things would you be willing to do? And in all cases, we looked at then the difference between what they thought about the university setting and their personal experience about being able to graduate on time and the accounting profession. And they were very, very similar. In each case, though, the willingness to pay for the three areas to pay to attend meetings or to pay a membership fee or pay for a promotional event, the pay was just slightly higher at the professional setting. And the volunteer contribute your time was just slightly less in each of of those seven things, but very similar under both situations. So I don't think it's negative. They want to be involved. So their willingness to attend meetings and volunteer their time was 25% or so. So I think that that shows that they they do care. Okay. So you're saying we, we should involve students in the political action discussion I yes, I think so. Okay. This generation wants to make a difference. They want to have control and they want to make a difference. So I I do think that that would be worth a try. There will be some that are interested in that. Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Dr. Liu, do you have any thoughts on that? I just agree with Amy that student involvement of various the intention to involve is very similar across different issues. So meaning that they really want to get involved and there's enough motivation. I guess the associations have to frame it to make it more personal or relevant to them in person to get students involved. And it will pay off if they get involved early in their career. Okay. You know, in thinking about the topic of the PAC, I'm sure it's because we as professionals in the industry already, you know, later on in our careers, we we think of it as a, a fundraising mechanism. And so you're not going to involve students maybe because you, you're not looking for funds, you know, for the students for the PAC. But I can see how it would make a, a great difference to, you know, start involving them early so that they have an understanding of how it does affect our profession and how the legislative decisions do affect it. That's That's a good idea. Thank you. Thank you. I did notice, I'm jumping around here a little bit, but I I did notice on the employer side, it looks like, you know, a whole lot of people start in tax and then intend to be self-employed later. And I I wouldn't be doing my my friends in public accounting justice if I I didn't ask about maybe how to retain (laughs) some of those individuals within firms. Being on the front line as professors, do, do you guys have any thoughts on on maybe how public accounting could retain more individuals? That is a very, very good question. (laughs) We, back in years past, firm loyalty and individual employee loyalty was such that many or most people would work for the same company for 40 years for their entire career. And those days are just over. I think part of the reason why young people will move positions is for opportunity and for an increase in pay to stay at the same place in the same job when you're evaluated annually and you might get a small raise where as if you move to another firm or moved out on your own to have more control over your decision-making in your career, 
or moves into industry, you may get a big bonus, a big jump in pay just to make the move. So I'm not sure how an individual firm can give huge pay increases. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we can do. I think part of it has to do with loyalty. Yes, the commitment to the profession, and really, like as we found, that money is not big issue there. So there are opportunities to grow personally. That's what they have to do to keep people for longer. Okay, and I guess that probably that would apply to all employers, not just public accounting, but just in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if they had opportunity to advance or、mm-hmm. to do something, to have enough flexibility to work as if if they were doing their own business, and then contributing to the firm. And that's、okay. where you keep people for longer, I guess. More freedom. Yeah, more more autonomy. Autonomy. Yes, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. Well, I end every podcast with three questions, and in this case, we're we're still going to end it with three questions, but I changed the questions up since, <laughs> since the focus of this podcast is a little different. Overall, what do you feel like the implications are for employers looking to hire this generation of students that's coming out this year or you know the next couple of years? What are your thoughts on that? I think providing opportunities and letting them see the path that they can advance their career within the firm within that company is going to be how they can really attract and then retain them. I think a lot of firms. Are really focused on this working condition, putting in the gyms and offering more flexibility and more passes and more the location of the firm, and it really focused on working conditions. And as Vicky mentioned, that's more of a hygiene kind of thing. You have to be there. If the expectation is you're going to have these kinds of things, then that must be there. The good working conditions, the flexibility must be there to attract them, but to Retain them long term. They need more opportunities, more opportunities for growth, more opportunities to advance their career. Yes, I think that also applies to the professional association. Make it a learning organization. People can learn from their work experiences. They are building up their resumes. They are、uh, trying to become a better in what they do.、Um, so that's important. So that if that's something employer can can offer, then that will be. Really, a big competitive advantage in terms of recruiting. Okay, better highlighting of of what future opportunities exist. Yes, a lot of sense. Okay, well, what do you think professional associations would take away if there was one one message you wanted to send to professional associations based on your findings? What would that be? Again, the students are very serious. They are looking for opportunity to grow, to learn, to become better.、Um, so, if so, I think. Professional associations need to highlight that. That's what they can provide to students, on top of networking opportunities. And then I think that will be great. It will be important. Okay. And、um, I really think the professional associations are more important to individuals who are changing jobs to, in order to advance their career. Those connections and the information that they can get and the the programs that are available for the associations. I think students need to know that those exist, and they need to understand more how, as they do change jobs, that these connections are really important to help them reach the next level. Okay. Well, I know this may seem unusual since the study was based on a survey from students, but since a podcast is a general form of delivery, I figured I'd ask this. Do you have any messages for current or future students based on your findings? Anything you'd like to say to, to current or future accounting students? 
Just get out of classroom, get more experience, get involved with professional organization, and that effort will pay off. Beautiful. I agree. I would say get involved. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, I think I think that um, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities out there for students, but really the ball lies in their court sometimes to make the the first step and, and accept the invitation. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much again for sharing your time with us. I, I know this was definitely a time commitment for both of you, so I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It was fun. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, for our audience, this has been another episode of Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. If you haven't yet visited the home website, please do so. You can find links to certification information on all the certifications we were mentioning, as well as the show notes for each and every episode, including this one, of course. And that website is www.whereaccountantsgo.com. That's whereaccountantsgo.com. And on that note, Vicki and Amy, any final thoughts or words of wisdom for the audience? I would tell the younger generation to just follow your dreams and to keep moving forward and look for those opportunities because they're, they're out there. Just keep at it. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you again to the audience for joining us. We'll see you next week. There's more to come.